0: When I was an army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible. And I answered them as best I could. They also called me Padre. Welcome to the Dear Padre podcast, where I try to take the questions of the day and do my best to answer them. The rules for waging warfare in the Old Testament are set out in the Pentateuch in the Law of Moses. You assemble all the people organize them into different units uh, there's people put in charge of those different units all the way down to the, to the squad size of ten and then you get up and you say to everybody has anybody gotten married in the last year has anybody bought land in the last year and hasn't plowed it has anyone bought a cow and hasn't milked it yet um, and then, is anybody afraid? If you're afraid of fighting, you can go home. And this was the what the Lord commanded Moses to say to the people if before they engaged in battle. You can see a couple things. And this is what these Maccabees do in their revolt. They're cut off from Jerusalem. The Greek army, the Seleucid army, has occupied the city of Jerusalem, the temple, the sanctuary, that's what they call it. Um, and they can't even get in there. But they they go to an earlier holy site, uh, to Mizpah. This is uh, another holy site, as there were many around the land of Israel, a place of historic worship, even though the temple wasn't there. Um, this was a place of great holiness. So they kind of stage there for this attack on Jerusalem. And they do the same thing that the law says, and they read the book of the law again, um, they they bring the Nazarites out. These are men who have taken a vow to be celibate, to not eat any meat, and to not cut their hair. John the Baptist was one of these. Samuel was one of these. And Jesus was not one of these because uh, even though he was from Nazareth and a Nazarene, he was not a Nazarite. Um, subtle distinctions linguistically, but kind of a big deal when it comes to eating meat or um, cutting your hair. And these Nazarites are brought out to sort of rally the people to holiness. They are like the monastics or monks. They're set apart in this way. And they read the Book of the Law. And I wonder, like, who went home? You know, I wonder who left. The, those who hadn't fathered a child and had been married uh, needed to do that. Those who, you know, need to take care of their farms and then those who are afraid. That part of being afraid always kind of um, gets me because uh this is something we really don't allow uh, most American in the draft at least. Um if you were afraid, that was not a reason to to not be drafted in the during the um the drafts, all the way up into Vietnam. Uh and today, if you're afraid before a battle, yeah, that's not really a factor that's asked or considered. Um And Given the nature of battle and warfare in the ancient world and in our world, um, you want everybody that's there to want to be there on some level, uh, to, to not give in to panic. Panic is, in the Greek understanding, a god. God Pan goes among the troops of the enemy and sows this thing called panic, and once one person has it, another person gets it, and another person gets it, and pretty much you have everybody running away. Which on an ancient battlefield where, you know, you could be fighting and you could look over and see a tree line or woods over there and it's right over there. You could get away um, in ways that really you couldn't get away in the modern battle spaces of of today. Um, This is this would be an enticing thing. So this idea of their own consent is um, is in there, their own consent to be in a battle um, is part of this waging war formula. God is not squeamish when it comes to warfare in the Bible. Um, God doesn't do a lot of apologizing for fighting or sending people into war and warfare. Uh, This is the reality of of the scriptures. And it goes back to that psalm that Mike read so well, Psalm 109. Uh, This is a psalm where there is some really harsh cursing in it, cursing against one's enemies, those who have done uh, betrayals, those who have hurt us, those who have hurt the innocent. Um, let, another, let his days be few, and another take his office. Um, some pretty harsh words spoken. Um, and this is the context of these kinds of words. Um, they are written from below. These are people without power, are, are shaking their fists at the heavens, the silent heavens, and saying, God, we need justice. We need We need this to be rectified. We can't do it ourselves. Um, In spite of all the righteousness and goodness that we've done, these people, or this one person especially, is attacking us. They repay evil for good, hatred for my love. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in the final days of his life, wrote a book, uh, Life Together, about his experience in a sort of a secret seminary during Nazi-occupied... Nazi Germany, and he talked about an enemy. What is an enemy? An enemy is someone who doesn't want your love, he says. It's not always someone who's like out to get you, but also someone who doesn't want your love. No matter what you do, no matter how kind you are to them, how gracious, how loving, um, they don't want it, and they oppose you. And the the more you extend yourself, the more hurt you become. And this seems to be the dynamic in Psalm 109, uh that the more trusting I am, the worse it hurts, the more good I do, the more evil I get repaid with, and the more I love, the more I am hated. Uh, this is the, the the twisted dynamic of the wicked man in Psalm 109. And so the curses that go against him um fit that context really well. God does allow us to have emotions and feelings. Even feelings of terror before a battle, even feelings of of terror before a confrontation that we have to make, a difficult conversation, Uh, a a repentance, an asking for forgiveness, an assertion of our own needs, Uh, a setting of boundaries, all of these things that scare us and make life hard and difficult. Um, God says it's okay to be afraid of those things. It's okay to be nervous. That is normal. Um, But the work needs to be done. Forgiveness needs to be asked for. Reconciliation needs to be initiated. Love needs to happen, even if it's a love that steps back and says, um, I need to not continue to facilitate being repaid evil for my good, as the psalmist says. Or even uh, before a battle to retake the sanctuary um, that these Maccabees are experiencing. God is there. God is present, even in these moments of great anxiety. And the Maccabees make that really clear, that God is going to go with them. And it'd be better to die doing something good than to just watch it all fall apart. And I think this is the lesson of life for hard days and difficult days, when it's hard to get moving. I sometimes say to myself, I'm going to do one little thing today. One little thing I think is good. That's about all I can do. Uh, today, And sometimes you need to do that. And that's what these Maccabees are saying. And God will go with them and God will go with you. Amen. Hugh, the Bishop of Lincoln, uh, died in 12, the year 1200, so quite some time ago. But he was a monk, uh, the son of a soldier who became a monk and brought new life to the monasteries of England, and also uh, stood up to kings when he had to, but was made Bishop of Lincoln and devoted his life to renewing that diocese and the, the work that it was done for the poor of that place. One of the th- things he did, um, or had, was a swan that followed him around all the time and guarded him from any attackers. The swan was famous for being really kind and nice to him and really mean to everybody else and if you've ever met a swan you know that is how they are uh, they are not um they are not peaceful animals <laughs> but they were for hugh the bishop of lincoln so we thank god for his life oh holy god you endowed your servant and bishop hugh of lincoln with wise and cheerful boldness and taught taught him to commend the disciplines of a holy life to kings and princes. Grant that we also, rejoicing in the good news of your mercy and fearing nothing but the loss of you, may be bold to speak the truth in love. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, amen.